and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and we are back after covering Pride and Vibe Weekend uh, over the last week or so, still riding high off of that uh, off of that feeling um, as we head towards the end of Pride Month. Uh, and beyond here, um, but for uh, our final day of Pride Month and our final interview for Pride Month, uh, we went across the pond, and we uh, went back to the British wrestling scene and welcome on uh, the Dark Prince, um, or the King of Demons, uh, Jensen Ryan, a uh, man of, uh, of a few nicknames that you'll hear in the interview I refer to him mostly as the King of Demons, but Dark Prince also works there as well. One half of Project Venom, a uh, uh, tag team uh, out in the uh, the southern part of uh, the UK right now, but hopefully being able to burst out a bit more. Um, you know, Jensen's had the chance to tell his story on uh, the BBC and ITV, as well as various local news organizations in the uh, Portsmouth area. Um, where he resides, um, and we are welcoming him here onto the show this week to talk a bit more about his journey and go a little bit more in in depth about that journey, as well as some other of his personal interests. So if you're a fan of uh, ghost tours, you get some fun stuff in here for you too. <laughs> no, it was a pleasure to, to have Jensen on um, here to close out Pride Month, and you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste any more time. Um, well, actually, no, there's one more thing I want to mention. Uh, I, I'm going to apologize in advance for some audio issues on my end. Uh, apparently, um, the recording of my side of this conversation got a little bit messed up, and so uh, a backup recording was used <laughs> instead, and so it doesn't sound... I don't sound as clear on, on this interview, which is unfortunate because I feel like... Um, this was a, a really awesome chat, obviously. But yeah, just a heads up, some audio issues in there. Not terribly distracting, but enough that warrants a, a heads up <laughs> ahead of things. Um, that out of the way to for real this time. Let's jump into my conversation here with Jensen Ryan. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. I'm very pleased to have as my guest this week someone who is still uh, get to getting out there in their pro wrestling journey, or rather his pro wrestling journey, um, over in the UK, coming out of quality wrestling, uh, making a name for himself, himself as the King of Demons, one half of Project Venom. Please welcome Jensen Ryan to LGBT in the Ring. How are you doing today, Jensen? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing good. It's sunny. Uh, it's it's <laughs> still like mid morning where I'm at right now. So like I had a whole day ahead of me. Um, how are you though? Like how how are you over there in the UK right now? Yeah, pretty busy, but um, sadly it's not quite as sunny as probably where you are. But um, yeah, no, <laughs> keeping busy is always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I I'm in Portland, so I'm when I say sunny, I mean like less overcast. So <laughs> <laughs> it works. <laughs> no. I'm excited to have you on though. You know, we we've had um I like I like the international feel of the of the show. 
And I really want to branch out and have more uh, non-North American guests on the show. Mm -hmm. And you are someone that has definitely been getting a bit of buzz over in the UK recently, obviously featured on ITV, BBC One. Um, you're a part of a, a, a little uh, YouTube uh, documentary also as well on diversity and pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, like It just seems like you are... Kind of getting out there and telling your story a bit more and that's what this show is all about is bringing on people from our community and pro wrestling to tell their stories and to talk about their stories so it only fit to have <laughs> jensen ryan on the show um so i guess probably the best place to start would be like from from the beginning per se like what were your wrestling origins so to speak like what initially got you mm. into pro wrestling to be honest, um, I just remember my mum and dad watching it on TV one time and I came down and thought, oh, what's this? I'd never seen it before and they kind of explained what it was all about and I was just kind of hooked by it really and thought this is something that's very different, uh, very out there and, you know, you see the big characters they had at the time and, yeah, it just got me hooked really to the point where I became a, a massive fan. Now, was the, the wrestling that your parents were watching, was that like the, the North American prior, like WWF? It was, it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was back in the days. It was WWF. I um, remember those saying days. that. <laughs> yeah, so. it was a long time ago. <laughs> um, but they were actually, the actual program was in the UK they were doing. Oh. And I think that's why it was quite a big thing. And it was, uh, it was actually SummerSlam 92. So they were watching that and I thought, oh, okay, this is, this is an American thing, but it's in the UK and it had so many people there and, after I just became like, I remember watching Survivor Series and then branched out to WCW and ECW and all the other things that came with it uh, to the wrestling explosion of the 90s where everybody was watching. And I just thought it was one good because you get into the characters, but it's not just playing the characters, also how they manage to put the matches together and how they do what they do. No, yeah, totally. I mean, there's all these different aspects that can suck you mm. into it. And then once you like understand those, there's so much more underneath that too yeah. to understand as well. Like it just kind of is a recursive cycle in that way. <laughs> um, yeah. Who it, were there any people that stood out to you initially whenever you started getting into it that that like Yeah. Um so the match I remember, it wasn't even one of the best matches of the card was, uh, there were two actually, actually I'm going to lie, it's probably three. Uh, I can't not mention The Undertaker because he's just so well known at the time. It was just such a great gimmick that you thought, God, there's this guy coming out who's on the back of a hearse coming down a, a stadium <laughs> in London and people are loving it. And, you know, in those days it was very much the character of nothing can take me down kind of thing. And, and then after I remember seeing Ultra Warrior and Macho Man Randy Savage doing a fantastic match. And even like the very last one, British Bulldog, of course, being the main event, being a British person against Bret Hart. And it was just such a well put together match. And I think it's gone down as one of the classics now. Oh, for sure. For sure. I feel like that main event with Bret and, and Bulldog yeah. is just one of those like pinnacle matches to watch. Like it's, and it's one of those that also has a lot of like layers to it, like a like yeah. pill back yeah. more of the onion to understand a bit more about like where they were at personally going into that match and like put the process of putting yeah, it sure. together. Not to mention the fact that like how, I don't know, from a North American perspective, that match itself really felt like it put, um, it kind of put 
trying to figure out the right way to phrase this. It put um, a British perspective more so into yeah. our eyes than anything um, before. Yeah. Honestly, like it's like yes, you you have like you had the Bulldogs that you had you know Davy Boy and and Dynamite in in the WWF at the time, but that was really the obviously like everything else during that era very much played up to a caricature like in, in a way um yeah yeah to some extent at least and so like you don't really get this like realistic perspective especially for someone who's like you know like i i've never been to britain i don't know <laughs> like, <laughs> you know so like and, like especially whenever you're a kid like you just have this idea like oh everybody just has like an english bulldog and just runs around yeah, yeah. that sort of thing but it just it put a different level of realism and respect on on that and i think for a lot of people obviously fast forwarding now like 10 15 years after that and the the new boom of the british scene mm. uh, on the independence like i think it, it made people ready to be more uh open to dive into that as well um especially specifically yeah. from a north american perspective yeah yeah, I think it did, and, and in you know historically in England or the UK, wrestling has been a, always been a, a good pastime. You talk of world of sport on ITV many years ago, before my time, in fact. Yes. And you see people like uh, William Regal for namesake. Oh and Rick God. Yes. as well, uh, Giant Haystacks, those kind of people who were entertaining every Saturday afternoon, and the nation loved it. But it was all there was characters involved in that. It wasn't to the, I guess, the huge characters you you would expect from something like WWE but um yeah for a while I mean British wrestling's always gone up and down really I mean there's been times where it's been hugely popular like world of sport then it's gone down a little bit quieter and I think the American side of it with WWE and WCW kind of brought it back into fashion again I remember going to many years ago going to local shows in Southampton where I lived and uh, and you would get the ex-WWF wrestlers come along to it as, as the main event but also you get to see some incredible talent that was from here in the UK that people didn't even know about because it was so used to the American stuff. Mm. At what point did you start kind of like branching out into the, the British pro wrestling beyond just what North America was giving you? Yeah, so I would say probably, I reckon a good few years after I um, started watching it, I reckon probably late nineties. And um, my mom had said to me, oh, there's a, there's a local wrestling show in the Guild Hall. And I thought, you know, it's not going to be a huge arena like Wembley Stadium or whatever. But I thought, you know what, why not go to it? It's, it's local. You're going to see things you wouldn't see. And, and in those days, much like today, to go to WWE, where there wasn't as many UK tours back in those days. And if there was, it was quite expensive. So you didn't really go to them. Uh, and going to America, I've never been to America either. Um, <laughs> so, like you've never been here. Um, and uh, so it was like, I don't know, £10 or something to go along to it. So we went pretty much every single month they did it. And uh, you you saw people now that were pretty, you know, uh, Robbie Brooks has a good example. So he was on the card quite a few times and now he's a trainer for WWE. And so you see people that you now recognise on TV many years later. But it, seeing it up close gave it a different, gave, gave you a different image of it, I guess, really, because you realise much closer how much of risk these people were taking to, to entertain. Oh yeah, no, I, I feel like that is something that anybody who like gets into wrestling from watching like WWF or WCW, mm. um, and then you go to an independent show where you are much closer to the ring, you are much more like on top of each other, and you yeah. realize like, oh yes, this is a spectacle, but also 
this shit hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna fabricate it. It does hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like everybody asks. <laughs> oh, of course. No, that's that is one of that is one of the most asinine questions that I feel like yeah. people that that ask about pro wrestling. It's just it's so frustrating to hear. I'm sure it's frustrating for you at times. Yeah, I think it's the first question you always get asked is um, oh yeah, do pro wrestling? Or is it fake? Well, if you land on boards on the floor with not much give, you'll probably find out the answer. But of course, it, you know, we all know that parts of it are scripted or whatever, but you're still doing something that is, you know, as you said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. You know, you don't know it's at the time when you're actually doing the matches. It just, it doesn't really occur to you until afterwards you see all the knocks and bruises and you think, oh, actually, yeah, maybe that did hurt more than perhaps I thought it did. But it's the thrill of doing it and, and the fact that you're, doing something a little bit different it's entertaining people and people getting behind you and that kind of thing that makes it worth doing exactly exactly you know and, and I, I feel like it's it's part of the craft and you know and, and also probably one of the more mm. respectable parts of the craft because like it takes it takes a a special mindset to to go out there and and understand what you have to put your body through to to accomplish that and of course, it's reciprocated as well from like what you get out of it too, which is I, yeah. in my time, like talking to pro wrestlers, like it seems like that is one of the most paramount things that, that comes from wanting to get into the ring in the first place. Yeah, I think it's just uh, the reception and just the fact you're making someone's day by giving that little bit of entertainment. Um, and it is such a popular uh, sport. People still love it. You know, you, there's so many independent uh, companies in the UK and probably in America as well. Uh, they're all sent out so there's so much of an appetite for it and I think when you go out then you do I remember the first time I did a live show and you're kind of behind the curtain you're like oh how's people going to react are you going to forget what your spots are and is it going to go wrong and get injured but I remember coming off the first match and the trainer from quality saying to me oh you did really well and I was like that's good I don't remember it but it was really good <laughs> because you, you don't remember it you, it just goes so fast that yeah and you're focused on you know doing what you doing to the best of your ability you almost forget and it's just a blur but then you watch it back and think oh that actually didn't look too bad <laughs> no i'm probably my worst critic like most people but yeah you, you, you just it's it's just a great thing to do it's just enjoyable no it definitely is and, and i can definitely understand that being your worst self-critic aspect of it as well <laughs> i think you've got to be when you do this kind of thing haven't you i mean I always say to people that you're always developing, aren't you? So, you know, you might do a move really well, but you have good days and bad days and you're looking and think, oh, if I did it that little angle more, it would look a little bit, that little bit better. And I think that's just the way that I guess any pro wrestler, anybody really in any line of work would, would look at things. No, it's totally true. I, I think it is a, it, to an extent, I think sometimes it can, you can kind of run away with yourself a bit. Yeah. Times, honestly, yeah. but yeah. But at the same time, it's a healthy characteristic to have as long as you understand like where that where that limit should be. Because like you know, mm. even just in my job, like I, I mean, obviously like I'm having to like listen to like all of my podcasts like, multiple times for editing stuff, and I'm having to like write and edit articles and stuff like that. So I'm like constantly pouring over my own stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, it is just. Yeah, it just it can just like worm its way into your brain a little bit, but also it makes you recognize like where you can like alter certain things to find yeah. more consistency in what you're doing. So I totally understand that. Yeah, and what moves are good and what moves aren't so good. You know, you might not want to do that move in the future because it wasn't quite how you expect it to be or, or whatever. 
Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with a little trial and error. <laughs> no, exactly it. <laughs> so at what point do you decide that this is something that you want to even entertain doing? Because I know, you know, from looking at the previous press covers that you've done, like you kind of mm. came into wrestling a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what was the first point for you? Uh, to be honest, I... It's something I always wanted to do, but other things, I suppose, came up in terms of like, you know, working and I do a lot of theatrical ghost tours and things like that as well, which took up uh, a lot of time and done really well. But um, and it wasn't as many schools in the UK as there is nowadays. So if you were training years ago, you'd probably be traveling to London and back or, or whatever it might be. But there's more now. And and I guess I suppose to a degree, there is going to be a little bit of you think, oh, how are people going to react to what I think is, or did think, is the most obvious thing, which really now isn't. But you overplay those kind of things in your own mind. And um, I just happened to see, uh, I think, uh, something online about them and thought, oh, let's have a look at it, and just kind of went from there, really. Hmm. Okay, I want to get better pro wrestling in just a second, but yeah, <laughs> I, have, I have to ask, you brought up theatrical ghost tours. Yeah. Okay. I am a sucker for those kinds of things. <laughs> You'd love it. Oh my God, I love them so much. I got scared to death when I was like in fourth grade by one in Georgia out here and I've just been hooked ever since. I am very curious, how did you get into like working theatrical ghost tours? Oh, so I always had another interest in, in, in the paranormal and um, for a long time, I spent a lot of time in haunted buildings doing research and things like that. And um, somebody's asked one day, or oh, would you, one of the venues I was working, I said, oh, would you mind doing a tour things you've had happen or okay yeah we'll do that and uh, it started off as a bit of a historical ghost tour but then over the years we kind of went eh, why don't we just try this theatrical stuff and add that in there and now we're doing it uh, on a monthly basis in four different cities and yeah we get people from all around the world go along and they, they love it because they get a good little scare but also get to see some of the not so nice history that uh you might have been told at school about the UK. Well, you might have been. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, the other, <laughs> the other side of it, I guess. But people, they like a little bit of a scare, don't they? I mean, everybody likes a good fright here and there. Mm. I think so. I yeah. think it's sort of this, it's like an invigorating thing to face your own mortality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's that it's that fear of not knowing, isn't it? Nobody knows what happens. So, mm-hmm. um, and there's so much stuff has happened in the UK over the many years of history that we've got that. You know, we're quite known for all the things that have not been so quite nice every day and all that. Um, and so people want to find out more about it. And we just thought, well, this is a different spin on presenting history to people uh, in a fun, you know, interactive, scary way. And it's just, yeah, kind of taken off, really. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Um, are there any particular, like, ghost stories or, like, hauntings that really, like, stand out as favorites to you from from your region? or? Um. Yeah, I mean, one of the places I use, uh, I still use it because I love it, is uh, a place, it's just called Tudor House because it was built in 1497 and it looks like an old Tudor house because it is. Um, you know, it's got actually, although the main part of it's 500 years old, parts of it are even older than that, 800 years old. Um, so you can imagine the amount of history and stuff that's happened in there. And there's been loads of things that have happened that's not been quite so nice over the years that um, people started saying it's been haunted. They've seen all sorts of weird things happen there. And we've kind of put that into a into into a ghost tour. And um, I guess one of the most interesting things I've seen there was uh, many years ago. I was in the cellar, which is more than which is the 800 year old part. And I just remember a group of us being only people in the building, and we saw someone 
literally looked like they walked in front of us and just disappear through uh, a wall. And uh, I wasn't scared, but a lot of people were. But I was all right because I like to see these things. I don't, I don't really get scared. I'd like to be, but yeah, it doesn't happen. It's more of a fascination. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an interest. I want things to happen because I want to be able to, I guess, prove in my own mind whether these things are real or not. Hmm. That's an interesting perspective. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I could, I could definitely see that perspective though. It's, 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 it can be very intriguing, especially if you're like already kind of entrenched in that in a way mm. to the point where like the fear might previously have been there but at a point you like get to a point where like okay i understand this enough to want to like look deeper into it in a way. yeah yeah exactly it mm-hmm. and you know lots of people are claiming to have these experiences around the world so there must be something out there that you know makes these things happen or you know it's, it's just intriguing mm-hmm. no it definitely is it's funny funny enough like i don't know it just pops in my head now relating back to pro wrestling are you there's a tag team here in in the in the states uh called creeps that are actual like ghost hunters oh really real they're real they're real ghost hunters as well as pro wrestlers and i love them to death i've seen that i've actually seen that now you mention it yes Yes. irving west and and andy ripley like they (laughs) yes it works doesn't it? i mean the thing is yeah. you're bringing in what you enjoy doing into into wrestling as well and, and i guess to the extent what we're doing with the, the ghost source being theatrical there is of course the side of wrestling that is theatrical so you can almost drag those, those bits of experience you've got there and bring it over to your character or gimmick in the wrestling world did you do theater in school at all not at all no i didn't <laughs> um, not at all um I didn't, and um, I don't even think the school I went to even offered that as a as a choice. I don't mm. think, um, and um, yeah, I think just over time we've just thought, well, let's just give it a go and see how it goes. But we often get asked if we are professional actors, and, and I think if the people are asking that, they obviously you must be pretty okay to make people want to ask that. Um, <laughs> that convincing, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of just growing really, and just almost like falling into it really. No, that's 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 really cool actually to kind of have that organic way of falling into it. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just I had to geek out for a moment. Oh, that's good. That stuff because like it's just I I'm intrigued by it so much and like especially like having one of those like in person style like ghost tour things like they just yeah. I'm a sucker for it. So <laughs> if I ever make it over there, I might have to yeah, you have to come over. Twenty years. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um. But getting getting back to, to pro wrestling a little bit, um, you know, I mentioned earlier that you kind of came to it a little bit later, and I know you've mm. expressed that one of the main reasons why you didn't get into pro wrestling earlier was because of your identity as, as mm. a gay man and the physical nature of it. Um, what ultimately kind of let you put that to the side for yourself? Not necessarily put it to the side, but like understand that yeah. this is still something that you could do and make you take that first step. Uh, I guess probably too for that. There's more awareness probably being one thing. I think things have transitioned a lot over the years. If you and I, you know, I referred to the big American companies many years ago, where sometimes and I can remember somebody asked me this recently, and I can't remember the name of the tag team it was but I remember that they were two guys in a big American company who were actually not 
uh, LGBTQ or anything like that, but they were made out to be. And it was always made a bit of a joke of. And that company made a bit of a joke of it. And I was like, okay, that's not a really good thing to do. And um, it, I think it got dropped pretty quickly. But in the UK, there's always been a little bit of that kind of character in, in this industry. But it's always been very much um, more of a jokier side, I suppose, more than anything else. But I think if you live without ever, ever trying something that you really want to do, you're never really going to know the answer. So really, I suppose, getting into it was just one of those things where you think, actually, if you don't go, you're never going to know. Yeah. And you could you can think the rest of your life, actually, would, what would the reception have been? Would it have been what I thought it was going to be? Or was it going to be something completely different? But you can't know that until you actually try it. And so I thought, well, let's just go for it and see, see what happens. Yeah, one of it's one of those like moments where like it's better to try and fail than to not try at all and look yeah. back and, and wonder why you didn't. Yeah, I, I I completely I completely understand that. That's a, it's a commendable decision to make. You know, obviously like yeah. things have gotten better in recent years, and I know that you've been, you know, I believe you started training around like three years ago, mm, and so yeah. like you kind of came in as like we started to see the rise of more LGBTQ identities in the pro wrestling world. So like it was a, it was a great time to, to start that for yourself I feel like um, but there's always you know that I understand there still might be some apprehension there. All right, Jens. Thank you so much for tuning into LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboyotm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. What what made quality the place for you? Uh, I looked uh, a couple of places one, one they are quite local to me. They're, they're about five minutes around the corner or so. Um, but but there are, yeah, quite lucky really. But there are other ones as well that are fairly. Actually, there's one that's even more local to, to me as well. Um, so there's a few around this kind of area. But when I started to get to know them a bit more, 
and I realised that there's quite a few people in the same position as me there. And I thought, actually, I didn't really mention anything, to be honest. I kind of just went along and didn't say anything for ages about any of this because I thought, well, let's get, let people get to know me for being me and not for, for that. But um, they put something up on Facebook in support of, um, I think it was a charity of some description or a quality day or something like that. And they put this massive, long, really nice thing up on Facebook and Twitter. And I thought, oh, okay, if they're doing that, then it must be a really good thing. And you get to know people there. And I think it's just that inclusive environment and the way that people are with each other that's made it the right kind of place to go. No, it definitely seems like it's kind of building that reputation, so to speak, through action mm-hmm. and also through a lot of people there. Like, obviously, you, you train there. Um, yeah. You know, previous guest on the show, Amber Joe, has trained there. And, you know, her tag team partner uh, or partner in crime, however you want to look at it, Curtis Elliott, <laughs> <laughs> as well, yeah, yeah. is there. So it seems like quality is kind of like, kind of like almost carving out a space for the community you know especially the local community local lgbtq community like yourself to to find a place where they can explore this dream explore this this art form this sport that they want to kind of see their teeth into yeah definitely it's and it i've always said to people that it is obviously part of people and it should be recognized but actually equally so should what you do in the ring be recognized too because that is ultimately what we're doing is going out there and doing these fantastic moves or you know these characters or whatever you're doing and that's what people should really know you for not necessarily what happens at home but it's important to recognize these things because there are going to be a lot of younger people who will be in this position either they are now or, or perhaps they will be in the future and you've got some great people out there now not just in wrestling of course you've got people in football now or people like Tom Daly maybe and swimming and people like that who are really going out there and and helping out younger people and that's a good thing because we want to make sure that no matter who you are where you come from what you do that you are just as got just as much right to do what you want to do as anybody else has got so it's I think it's an important thing to raise awareness of it it definitely is it definitely is one thing you just brought up that actually like kind of hits the nail on the head for me a lot when it comes to specifically pro-wrestling and LGBTQ identities is that like so much of the history of the depiction of of LGBTQ people has been very much centered on that one aspect of identity. Mm. Uh, it's very much been like this is the gay character, this is the queer character. You know, yeah, that sort yeah, of definitely. And one of the things that I've really enjoyed both from like your uh, portrayal of yourself in the ring as well as so many other people um that are in progressing now is that like like you said yes this is part of your identity you you are gay but in the ring like you are the king of demons like there's mm-hmm. like it's not like you're going in there and playing a like outright gay character because that's just doesn't cater to you it is it's not how you want to yeah. pick that for yourself what led to that decision for you? Was there at any point where you thought that playing a gay, like a, a putting on a gay persona in ring was something you wanted to do? Or was it always something where like you knew there was more to yourself that you wanted to explore? Yeah, good question. I think really, um, actually it was, one of the, I think catalyst of it was the Outsports Top 200 thing. Now, admittedly, I'd, I'd never heard of it because I hadn't been, I go through Drifts and Drowns with Twitter, so I never saw it. And another wrestler said to me, oh, you 
you well done. I was like, well done. What you well done? What you well done for me for? And then tagged me in this 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 tweet, and I was like, oh okay, brilliant. I reshared it, and that's actually how BBC came along because they saw it and went, oh, this is like a really interesting story, and they kind of approached me about it and said, um, you know, would you like to do it? And I was like, well, I don't know because it is a side of me, but it's not really what I'm known for. Like, no, 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 just just give it a go and it'll be a great way to try and help other people. And I went, okay, well, let's give it a go. And I was, you always get a bit nervous of, you know, it's going out on, on uh, first it went out on local TV, then went out on national TV a little bit later. And you think, oh, what's people going to be like? Is it going to, are you going to get horrible comments on Twitter or Facebook? But actually that hasn't happened. Uh, it's, been, it's been really positive, uh, you know, led to ITV and other things happening as well. So it's all been really, really positive. But I guess when that happened, uh, you kind of think to yourself, okay, if, if this big TV station thinks that there's a good purpose to do this, then maybe actually this is a, a point where you should explore that side and, and help other people. So it's never, it's never been about you know, trying to get wrestling bookings for other companies or anything like that. I mean, I've never actually contacted a company about anything to do with bookings when it comes to promotions and stuff, because that's not what it's always been about. It's been about I don't get me wrong, we all want more bookings, of course. Uh, that's why we do this. Yeah. But first and foremost, this is about helping out younger people and raising awareness of, of this, you know, this kind of thing. And um, so, yeah, I think because of the feedback and because it was so positive and you know, people from Quality Wrestling and other promotions, in fact, have been in touch saying, oh, really good what you did, really like it. Somebody stopped me in the gym and said it at one point, oh, I saw you on TV last night. I was like, oh, great, yeah. Um, and you thought, okay, that's, because of the positive comments back that kind of makes you think actually do you know what if, if you're not getting any negative positive comments back and it's all positive then surely this is a thing that you're helping to improve and help and raise awareness and that's really i guess the reason why i thought well let's just go for this and let's keep supporting what we're doing no that's that's awesome to hear honestly like i i feel like that is a, a major point of of emphasis that I've seen from a number of people in our community is that like it is obviously you want to get more bookings obviously you want to have like personal mm. success in pro wrestling but it is also about like the fans that were in your position before watching yeah yeah I think it's a sensitive thing isn't it because ultimately it is and I've, and I've you know I've put it quite publicly as well in places that I've done all this because it's a great way of helping out younger people and like I said, raising awareness. Absolutely, yeah, we all want more bookings, the same as anybody in any job wants to get more work, I guess, in most places. Um, <laughs> maybe not all the time. Um, yeah. And if it does, yeah, if it does need some more bookings, great, that's what you want. But that's not, that wasn't the initial thought when they first said to me, do you want to do it? Was far from that. It was It was more the point of, yeah, let's, let's tell this story that people at home could go, do you know what, that really relates to me whether or people can go oh I know someone in that position or yeah I, I get where he's coming from and they can sort of think to themselves actually you know what if he can do it why can't I do it mm. and that was really the whole point of it it was to share a story that would hopefully uh, encourage others and inspire others to do what they want to do be it wrestling swimming being a singer whatever it might be uh, and that was the yeah that was the main goal have there been any like specific bits of feedback from that that have really stood out to you whether it be like yeah. the aspect you're talking about like about people like feeling that inspiration or or anything really yeah actually so nicely which is very very nice um 
three presenters from the BBC got in contact with me afterwards through Instagram and said, uh, we just want to say we're really inspired by your story. It was really, really well told. And I thought that, that's that's obviously really nice of them. But one of the standout ones was um, where at Quality, they do kids training as well. So like teenagers uh, in their junior uh, training sessions. And uh, I had a message from one of their dads one day who said, never met him before. And he found me on uh, Facebook and he sent me a message. He said, oh, I just want to let you know I'm, I'm the dad of so-and-so at uh, Quality's Junior Show. You might know him. I said, yeah, I do know him. He said, I just want to say I'm really glad that, that Quality Wrestling has someone like you there because we were doing this really inspiring and really encouraging. And yeah, well done to you. And I thought, actually, if, you, if it is just one person, I know a few other people have as well, but even if it's just one person that can come and say, actually, that's a great story and it's, it's helped me, then that's what the aim was to do. You know, so it was really nice that one, he took his time out to do that. Um, but yeah, there's been loads of been, you know, far flung as yeah, people in America, Northern Ireland, all sorts of places who've been in touch because they've seen it online or, or whatever. And, and, and they've said the same kind of things. So it's been nice to, yeah, get that response back. Um, like I said, so far, I've, I think I've seen one, one or two negative ones, but, um, but they're from other wrestlers, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> and I was like, really? It was really, um, I think one had put on the line about doing it to get more bookings. So, uh, my, yeah, I would reply back and go, well, no, it's not, it's, ne- it's never been about that. Yeah. It's just about, you know, getting out there and, and delivering this really important message to, to the wider community. But other than that, no, everybody's been really, really positive. So it's been, yeah when you reflect back and you think was it the right decision uh, yeah absolutely yeah it was because that you know response is just yeah fuels you with more encouragement to do what you want to do mm. what has it been like for you to kind of see obviously in you know the rumblings were starting before the pieces on you started coming out but now like you know we've seen at least like a handful of specifically LGBTQ focused pro wrestling mm-hmm. events and companies start to come together. You know, like Rainbow Pro Wrestling has something that they're putting together, Pride Pro as well. PCW just ran their first Pride yeah, show a couple yeah. of weeks ago, Pride of the Ring. Um, what has it been like for you to kind of see not just quality, but the wider range of, of British pro wrestling start to embrace uh, the community more. Yeah, so I think the fact that these companies are able to do that and set out in itself speaks volumes, doesn't it, about how far we've come in this in this industry. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, would that have been the case? Um, sadly, I, I kind of was quite late to the party with PCW, and and um, <laughs> and uh, there's another one in a couple of weeks' time that I've spoken to, but by the time I'd even heard about, because they're all up north, you see, and I'm right mm. down south. Um, by the time news comes down here, I'm pretty much late to the party, but. <laughs> Um, we need some more down here. So everybody's watching. Let's do some around this area too. But it's good because um, yeah, one is championing it. Two is showing it's got the interest, but three, you're making that difference. So the fact that there is enough people to be able to do those shows um, and support it just, again, sends a really strong message that anybody can do it. Yeah. I want to ask you specifically about like your persona in pro wrestling as mm. well because um the king of demons um, yeah. project venom um yeah. very very entrenched in in the goth uh, a- aesthetic um 
I'm, where did that inspiration come from for you? Like, was that something you pulled from yourself, your own personality, or is that just something that you wanted to try? I think a bit of both, you know. Um, there was a little bit of element, you know, if you look at Project Venom, for example, and the logo that we've got on that, which we took from the, the ghost tours. Yeah. Um, we thought, ah, oh, that could work. Let's, let's kind of take that. Um, I think when you look at the character, though, it's very different to me as a person. And I think that's kind of what sometimes wrestling is about, about being able to be someone you wouldn't be normally in your normal life. Um, but I wanted to kind of go with that theme a little bit. And uh, I guess I kind of took inspiration off of several TV shows, be it uh, Supernatural or or uh, maybe the, the newest Sabrina and that kind of thing. And, and thought, actually, they're quite paranormally kind of supernatural themes that could work for this character. And when I first did my, the first show I did actually was a virtual show uh, because of, it was during COVID. And um, I kind of went, well, I haven't really decided on my character. And I remember the trainer saying to me, well, I think you should give this a go because it fits what you do outside of here so it's kind of come from that really I guess yeah there's a little bit of experiment I guess in that as well um although the first virtual match was against my now tag team partner but we can look past that um, <laughs> and we both run the ghost tours as well so as well as being a tag team together we both run the ghost tours so awesome. kind of you know yeah it's a little bit different but uh, yeah I guess to degree is a bit a bit of me a bit of the paranormal side a bit of maybe the experimentation going on there and just put it all into one. Hmm. No, I, I feel like there's so many um, kind of personas in pro wrestling that, you know, are the result of that sort of like experimentation. I feel like hmm. if you ever find yourself like sat on a certain thing and feel like there's no room to expand it or room to explore it, then like it's almost is like, okay, maybe it's time to think of a different thing in a way. So mm. like having yeah. having that room to explore that for yourself while also still having that link, obviously to the ghost tours and to this like other like deep interest that you have. Like, I don't yeah. know, it, it, it obviously it adds an authenticity to it and it makes it a very interesting dynamic, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, the other side of it is we've got to kind of think, you know, is it going to be good for Hill? Is it going to be good for Face? Because you've got to be both in this industry. And I remember that uh, the show I did, uh, was the last show? I can't remember. Um, it was for a charity charity event, a charity wrestling show. And they were very much like, we really want you to be the Face because they've seen this stuff done on TV and they really want you to kind of do a, a character based on the stuff on TV. And I was like, oh, yeah, we can do that. And um, I, I feel that I'm much better at doing Hill than, than Face, to be fair. But... I don't mind either and so we kind of had to still use the same gimmick but make it a little bit more face-like I suppose <laughs> to kind of live up and go yeah and it wants me to come out and do a promo and go oh yeah I've been on BBC and all this kind of stuff and I was like yeah we could do that so there is always a character you're gonna you're gonna like to be but you have to be kind of flexible as well don't you in knowing that you know you could go one place one day and be face be a hill somewhere else the next day so it's kind of fitting in the character can fit for both of those as well. What's been the most difficult thing for to learn in in this journey that you've had so far with pro wrestling? Whether it be something like like very directly involved with pro wrestling or just something like for yourself? Yeah, I think for me, there's probably a few things. One I would say is one learning to be yourself is, is a good thing. You know, I I. Uh, I haven't really hidden before that I didn't really say anything about any of this for quite a long time. So I was probably being a little bit different to how I normally would be. So that's a learning curve. But I think the other thing as well really is 
when I first started doing this, my biggest fear was, how am I ever going to remember a whole match while I'm doing it? <laughs> how am I going to remember? I've got to do this jump here, do this jump there, and do this jump there. And um, I remember one, one of the, the, the shows I did where I spoke to, recently it was actually, I spoke to the, the opponent literally about half an hour before the match. I mean, we knew each other, but we hadn't spoken about it. And we kind of went, yeah, let's do this, this, and this. And I thought, God, I'm never going to remember that. And I did. I remembered every single bit of it. I was like, oh, okay, so maybe when you overthink stuff, then you start to like worry yourself. And I always compare it to a bit like, you know, dancing with the stars or something like that. You know, you've got to, you've got these spots you've got to remember. But actually, if you if you overthink it, you're making it more complicated for yourself. So for me, it was really about just break down the matches and do each bit individually and then put them together and you'll start to remember things more. The other thing I think really is doing the moves and then how you then portray that to the audience within training of course you haven't got an audience there so you don't need to worry about what uh, a a b and c is thinking when you're out there in the the actual ring in front of the audience you're telling the story as well so where you're focused on training you don't worry about your facial expressions or selling it or whatever but you can't do that in front of people because it doesn't look right so it's kind of that happy medium of being okay let's let's focus on getting the move right but actually, remember, we're going to have to perform this in front of an audience who needs to, you know, be in, be in sync with it and be in tune with it. So there's a kind of a few things to learn, really. But it's, yeah, all of it's been a learning journey. And trying to find out what you can do and what you can't do is also a big learning curve as well. Yeah, yeah. And I can, I can definitely see that, that just the idea of trying to, under, like remember and like cram in everything for for a match like I can definitely see that it's just be kind of like a one of those moments that can just like stop you in your tracks yeah in a way until yeah. you understand yeah. exactly how to organize that and break it down for yourself and, and have that confidence in it yeah like I I can't imagine trying to remember all of that <laughs> personally so. the other thing as well is you know some people are more flexible than others like don't get me wrong I'm, I'm definitely not Hulk Hogan right no one ever looks at me and thinks oh yeah he looks like someone like that so you know or Batista or whatever you know so for me it's more of the because I'm a fairly light small guy it's it's more of the you know I can do quite a lot of jumpy around stuff um, and I know that a lot of people go wow that's not really wrestling nowadays and what Ricochet does is fantastic I think and if I could put off those kind of moves fantastic um, but I think if I went to do a, a gorilla press it's not gonna look good on me to be honest <laughs> it's just not um so you know do a powerful choke slam or something like that yeah i can get away with it he's six foot ten i'm five foot nine or whatever it's not going to have the same impact so you you've got to think about actually you know even a finishing move one of my finishing moves is tko right which is any fairly right move to perform unless you've got someone who's like six foot ten and weighs double what i weigh in which case you think it's never going to happen. So let's go for something a bit more simpler. So you, it's, yeah, the learning part of it is that you can't always expect to use the same few moves in it to work every time because every opponent is going to be different and what they can do and what they can't do and what you can do and what they can't and what you can't do is going to differ every single time. So it's trying to find that middle ground, isn't it? Definitely. I think that's part of the beauty of pro wrestling as well, you know, because like, you know that it's from a fan perspective, um, or a viewer perspective, like, you know, that if you have, like, a matchup between two people that don't necessarily, like, have, like, people with different, like, 
bodies and different like movesets and different styles and that sort of thing like those sort of like interesting clashes are always what make I, yeah. in my personal feeling the most interesting matches as well so being able to have that flexibility and that and that ability to really like make yourself kind of work past the boundaries that, that you must yeah yeah i think you've got to challenge yourself to a yeah. to a degree as well i mean we did a, a dive night special a few months ago and um you know you, you just the thought of jumping over a rope from the inside of the ring to the outside of the ring with someone your life in someone's hands is quite a scary uh thought really but the more you think about it, the more you put yourself off so i just went well let's just do it and, and i did it went straight over and did what i needed to do and after you think actually that was really cool can we do it again but the first thought of it is if you just keep hesitating and putting putting off is would you ever do it now you've done it you're happy to do it and i think as well with like matches it's it's one thing I'm very cautious of is don't want people to think he only ever does the same five moves. I want people to think a little bit diverse and stuff. So, you know, I've got a match this Sunday, for example, and I'm thinking, okay, I did that move last time. So this, this time I do this one. So that it looks a little bit different um, because, you know, you want to, you want to give people something different to, to look at and keep people excited. So I think you've got to push yourself to a degree as well. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Jensen, this has been a blast. Like I've really enjoyed having the chance to sit down and talk to you. I know, I know, pulling the curtain back a little bit. We've been trying to set this up for a little while <laughs> now, and and I will fully take the blame for it taking as long as it has. To, no, that's fine. Don't worry. Uh, but this has been this has been really fun. Like I've really enjoyed speaking with you. And I I will say if you if you do uh, ever bring Project Venom to the States, I am manifesting Project Venom versus Creeps. I need my yes. Ghost Hunter tag team battle. What a great idea. In my Fantastic life. idea. Yes. <laughs> Let's bring it on. <laughs> well, Jensen, uh, let everybody know where they can find you online and anything you got coming up. Yeah. Um, so we, what have I got? Oh, uh, yeah. So I've got, I'm on Twitter and all those kind of places. So Facebook, you just find me underneath facebook.com forward slash uh, Jensen Ryan Wrestling. On Twitter is Jensen Ryan PW. And on the rest of them, TikTok and uh, Instagram is Jensen Ryan Wrestler. Um, and I've got a website, jensenryan.com. And think about that, jensenryan.com. <laughs> wow. Um, this Sunday, I'm, I'm in Haven, in Port, uh, just outside Portsmouth. So I'm, I'm going to be, uh, um, although I've had COVID this week in the last couple of weeks. Oh. So, um, yeah. Which, we're right? it's, yeah, well, now I'm hoping it's going to be gone by the time we get to Sunday. But um, so, um, yeah, against a, a guy called Alexander Murdoch. So we're going to be uh, doing a show uh, with the first match. So we've, we've been told we've got to be really good to get everyone excited, which I'm sure we can do. And um, the following week, I'm doing a, a kids' party as well, a wrestling show. Nice. How about that? Yeah, so something a little bit different. Little interesting settings. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's with, both shows are with quality. So, um, yeah, they they do shows too. So, yeah, it'd be great to have everyone's support and just thanks everybody so far and thanks to you for having me on as well. No, thank you. And and I will go and say this now, as the since the news travels north to south a little bit slower, I know PCW <laughs> is doing Pride of the Ring again next year. They're planning on it. Hopefully, we'll see the King of Demons on that yes. show as well. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jensen. All right. Thanks very much. 
My thanks to Jensen once again uh, for taking the time to come on the show and chat a bit more about his story that he shared in multiple places now, multiple major news organizations over in the UK. Um, and here's to the continued growth of, of his pro wrestling career. You know, quality wrestling wherever he trains. And, you know, also where Amber Joe and Curtis Elliott train. It, it's awesome to see a school like that be able to open its arms and its doors to uh, a wider, more uh, diverse community across many different definitions of diversity. And it's, it's awesome to see the greater pro British pro wrestling scene as a whole kind of start to adopt that mindset as well. Um, it's really awesome. And, you know, I'm sure with people like Jensen um, and his peers there are uh, just set to thrive again as, as things continue to, to grow over in that area. Um, but that is going to do it for us this week. Um, I will take my daydreams of Creeps versus Project Venom somewhere else for now. But, um, <laughs> uh, but just because Pride Month is over doesn't mean that our work is over. doesn't mean that celebrating LGBTQ identities and pro wrestling is over. Um, obviously, Pride is a year-round thing. We just take one month to celebrate it a little bit harder than the other 11. Uh, and, yeah, that's that's it. That's, that's I think that's the good final point here on the final day of Pride. It's just uh, understand that we don't go away after this day. Um, and you shouldn't close your eyes to that. Simply put. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode, another interview. Uh, but until then, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. And I cannot stress enough, you definitely want to keep those eyes open. Everybody's ready to die. Bye. Everybody's ready to die. If they didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge, you made a deal with